that I have, I owe to you. Lord, in Calvary is the reason again as Brother Looper's coming this morning, church. Hallelujah. God, we love you, Jesus. God, we love you. Hallelujah. 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 I love you, Savior. I worship you. I give you praise. I give you glory. I give you honor. God, I lift up your wonderful name today. I lift up your wonderful name today. Oh, hallelujah. Let's give him praise right now. I praise you, Jesus. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. You are a wonderful God. Amen. I'm so thankful for the mercy and the blessings of God. So thankful for God allowing me to be in His house today to worship and to praise and to magnify His wonderful name. Lord bless you. You may be seated. And uh, so thankful for all that God has done for us. And uh, I tell you what, beautiful, beautiful weather the last couple of days. Man, it doesn't get any prettier than this. And uh, I can see that it's taken its toll, too, in the house of God today. But uh, I tell you what, God has blessed us and uh, have been merciful to us and uh, let us kind of ease in to what's coming in the future in about another month or two. And uh, we'll be longing for those cooler days. But anyway, that's part of living in southeast texas but this is the great time amen at least we don't have four and five and eight foot of snow that we're digging out of every day and uh, they can have all that snow besides that we get to be down here in the south man where we have our own language amen so uh, god has been good to us and uh, we want to uh, remember all those who are in need today. Ask God to touch those who are sick. Sister Tammy's mother is sick, needs a touch from the Lord. Uh, Sister Belinda is, uh, is about to become a grandma. And uh, so anytime now. And so we want to pray for them and everything will be well. And uh, Sister Brawls has been sick this week, been in the hospital. Let's ask God to give her a miracle from heaven. And then Sister Jean, uh, Jean Thompson uh, lost a son early this morning. And uh, Sister Buxton's grandson, so let's pray for that family. Brother Duplessis is with them at this time. So let's ask God to move and uh, help that family and strengthen them in the time of loss. We know, we know a God that is a comforter, 
in the time of trouble. And uh, so we don't ever want to forget that while we are here in the house of God, rejoicing this morning and praising God, that those, there are those who are less fortunate than ourselves <clears throat> that are in the midst of tragedy in their family. So uh, in the midst of sickness, a lot of people are sick, not able to be in God's house today. And uh, so every opportunity that I have to be in the house of the Lord, I want to be in church worshiping and praising God. I don't ever find it a drag. I don't ever find it something that I dread, but it's something that I love to do is go to the house of God and worship a God that has been so good and so true to me. I don't find any fault in God. Amen. I've got a lot of compliments, but I don't have any complaints in God. God has been good to me. And uh, so good to see Brother Sister Rivers able to be in church today, praying for them. And God bless them and want them to know that we Miss them when they're not here, but it's good to see them in God's house today. So uh, why don't we uh, just, just go to the Lord in prayer for those needs before we get into the Word of God this morning. So uh, you, you can just remain seated if you'd like because I'm going to let you sit back down and then stand back up. So let's go to the Lord in prayer for those needs today. God, you see the needs, you see the hurting families this morning. You see those who are sick today, God. We ask you for your touch. We ask you, God, for your miracle working power. Heal those who are sick. Comfort those who are, are in this problem of loss and heartache and grief this morning, God. Let them know, Lord Jesus, that you are that present help in the time of need, in the time of hurt, in the time of pain, God. We ask you, Savior, in your name, in the name of Jesus, do it right now, God, till you be the praise and till you be the glory. And everybody said in Jesus' name. Let's remember to pray for Brother Hare. Ask God to give him a miracle in his body. Also, Brother Cardwell is very sick and needs a miracle from God. And uh, we ask God to touch him today and give him a miracle. We had such a great time. I wasn't able to be there the whole time, but had such a great time uh, Friday night with the young adults and uh, not so young, young marrieds. And uh, so thank Brother Trey and Sister Ashley for getting that together there at the gym. Brother Randall and Brother Kurt was over there cooking all day and uh, had such a good time of fellowship and uh, cooked a hog. Man, I tell you what, man, these, these rednecks know how to do it, do it right. And uh, so I want to thank them for all of their work. And uh, faithful men, don't forget, uh, be there on Sunday morning starting at 9.30. The faithful men meet over in the gym. And I tell you, if you missed it this morning, you just missed out. I went over there and they had breakfast burritos, sausage and eggs and man, I ate a little bit so I could preach quite a long time this morning. So uh, <clears throat> we uh, thank those who worked together for that and uh, brother, brother Allen filling in while Brother Duplessis is not able to be here. 
I think he recruited himself a little bit of help this morning from his wife. Thank them for doing that. And time, it's a good time of fellowship, good time of prayer before we go to the house of God. Thank all of those who are doing so. I need to uh, know tonight uh, how many young men is going over to Brother Robinson's. That will be Friday. We'll be leaving here Friday morning. So uh, please let me know for sure if you're going uh, tonight, uh, tonight uh, by the end of service. And uh, so we're looking forward to having a great time there at the youth rally. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27, <clears throat> verse number 17. <clears throat> Do my best to try to give to you what the Lord has laid on my heart this morning. I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart this morning. Matthew 27, verse number 17. The scripture says, Therefore, when they were gathered together, this is talking about the time of Jesus appearing before Pilate. Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you? Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ. <clears throat> for he knew that for envy they had delivered him. When he had sat down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitude. But the chief priests and the elders, keep that in mind, the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, Whither of the twain will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. They said, Barabbas. Pilate said unto them, What shall I do with this with Jesus, which is called Christ. They all say unto him, let him be crucified. They all say unto him, let him be crucified. And the governor said, why? What evil hath he done? But they cried out the more. They cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail nothing, <clears throat> but that rather a turmoil would, was made, he took water and washed his hands before, before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person, see ye to it. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and our children. Lord bless you. 
for standing for the reading of the word of the Lord. And uh, thank you very much. This is kind of a different uh, text for what I will be preaching about this morning. And the reason why I repeated a few of these uh, part of this text this morning is because it has to deal with what I want to take out of this setting and bring to you this morning. I want to preach to you from this subject for a few minutes, carried by the crowd, carried by the crowd. As we look at this setting where Jesus is delivered before Pilate and then Pilate delivered him unto the people, the scripture said the first thing that was done here when Pilate went, that his wife came and told him, I've suffered many things in the, in the day about this just man. You don't need to have anything to do with him. But the scripture said, but the chief priest and the elders, those who had previously falsely accused him that were uh, offended by his message went and persuaded the multitude. They persuaded the crowd of people that were there that day. And then when he asked the question, which would you prefer to have Barabbas or Jesus, they said, they said, Barabbas, who said, the multitude began to cry out, give us Barabbas. Then Pilate said unto them, what shall I do with this Jesus, the Christ? They all, they all, the crowd, everybody together cried and said unto him, let him be crucified. And he said, what evil, why, what evil hath he done? But they, they, the crowd, the multitude, cried out the more, saying, let him be crucified. Then he asked, what should he do? Or he said, I, I, I wash my hands of this just man. And they answered, then answered all of the people. All of the people began to answer and say, His blood be upon us and our children. They all had it together because the priest first persuaded those who had not yet decided. The crowd, there is a crowd mentality. There is a power that a crowd holds. It's very evident this morning that a crowd means a lot to all of us because the crowd is down this morning. It affects a lot of us in our way of thinking. The first thing that we start doing is looking around wondering where brother so-and-so is, or sister so-and-so is, or why they're not here, or who's this, and it definitely affects me because I've got a lot of things going on in my mind. So the crowd 
the crowd plays a role in our life of everyday life. And uh, not to say that the crowd should dictate everything that we do, and we will get into that on in this message, but a crowd holds power in all walks of life. You look today, we are very familiar. How many, how many uh, is aware that we are having a presidential election? Anybody aware of that? Some of you need to dig your head out of the sand then if you're not aware of it. And uh, so we are in the midst of electing one. Our people are electing one to be the nominee for the Republican Party. Now, I think from what I have heard and what I have read and what I understand is the media has already picked the nominee. And so now they're just going through the process. And people are persuaded by the power of who's in power and who says you need to do what or who says what direction you need to vote. Why do you think that at polling places they have people that are standing there with different people's names on them as you walk in? And you know what they want to do? They don't want just one person standing out there holding one little sign. You want a lot of people standing out there because the crowd is able to persuade people because they got a crowd there. It's quite evident that that's the right candidate because everybody wants to vote for somebody that's a winner and not a loser. How many wants your candidate to win? God, I'm praying that mine would. I don't know that, don't look too hopeful. But, but we all want to, and people are persuaded. I, I can remember <clears throat> back when uh, George W. Bush was running for election uh, the first time, running for president, that they came out and uh, they, they put Florida in Al Gore's column right off the bat. Y'all remember that? They had people leaving the polling places because their candidate had already lost. Because there was no way for Bush to win the election without Florida. So people were leaving across the country because they were ahead. And they had already won. It was over. It was a done deal. And so those who did not want to be standing out there holding signs for a loser just packed it up and went to the house until they come out in about 15 minutes and said, whoa, whoa, we, be, we might ought to pull that back out. And so everybody knows how it went on for months. And here in America, we didn't even know who was going to be the president-elect for months. And so finally... Uh, we found out a lot about hanging chads, drooping chads, falling chads. People just don't have a clue how to vote. Just, it's very simple. They give you instructions following it. But anyway, so, so the crowd persuaded people on what they were doing. The crowd is often able to dictate what people does. And uh, if you don't, uh, believe it, how, how many times have we been 
in a crowd of people. And they are having a discussion. And everybody agrees on a certain topic. But we disagree. And how many times have you just been real quiet? Because of what? It's not because you were ashamed of what you believed, but it was because you were intimidated by what? The crowd. The crowd uh, was against what you were for. So we just hunker down and don't say too much of anything. I have, I have been in, I can remember uh, a few years ago when my grandpa and grandma and all of my family, my mother and my dad, they were all alive. My, my grandpa and uh, my grandma had a difference of opinion politically. She was a Democrat. He was a Republican. They voted against each other every, every election, religiously. I said, why don't y'all just stay home? Don't even worry about going and vote. But they were going to exercise their right to vote and every time they'd get in a big argument and a big fuss. And so, so my, my grandpa and grandma were headed to my family's house, which were on my grandpa's side. So he was, he was excited because he was going to have, he was going to have some help because he was entering into, uh, uh the good, the good neighborhood. And so uh, my grandma and I believe one of my aunts and one of my uncles, they, were, they always ganged up on him and, uh, because there were more of, him, more of them than there were of him. And so he was going, and so on the way there, he told us this. He said, they got me in the car and they told me his name was Homer. That's the way I'm tagged with that name today. And... Uh, a lot of people think I was named after Homer Simpson, but that's not correct. I was named after Homer Hodges. But they, they were on their way and they set him in the car and they began to give him instructions because they knew that when he got there, they were going to be outnumbered. So they said, now listen, Homer Hodge, don't you say a word about politics when you get there. He just sitting there. And so they given him instruction for about four and a half hours of what not to say. And so he said, I tell you what, said when I get there, said I'm going to cut my suspenders and just go straight up. Because he was going to be in a familiar crowd, a crowd that believed like him. The crowd is persuasive to the good or to the bad. Amen. I'm reminded of a scripture in John chapter 21 and verse number 18. A lot of you can, uh, can uh, understand this because you are very well acquainted with this. A lot of us are headed there in a swift, swift way of going. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, Thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thine hand, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. Anybody ever had that to happen? 
<laughs> when you're young, you do what you want to do. When you're young, you go where you want to go. But when you get elderly, what do they want to do to you, elders? They want to take you to the nursing home. You don't want to go there. That's not what you're looking forward to. Those people that you bought cars for. Those people that you fed. Think about it. We're going to have an angry mob here in a minute. Those people that you raised. Those ones that you put through college that now has a job that don't have time for you. <laughs> They're going to lead you to a place you don't want to go. <laughs> And push you in a direction that you really. But you, that's where. Say you got three kids. <laughs> you got three kids. They make a decision and you don't, you don't cast a deciding vote any longer. Because they know that you don't need your driver's license. Oh man, they know you don't you don't need your house any longer. Hey Amen. I've been trying to convince my father-in-law he don't need his ranch anymore. Just sign it all over to he don't have to give it to me, just give it to my wife. <laughs> so so they're gonna I'm just waiting till one day he comes in, kinda don't know where he's I'll just sign right here. <laughs> But, but they lead you in a direction that you don't want to go. They carry you in a place when you were young. But that is the crowd. The crowd takes you in a way that you don't want to go. I remember something uh, happened a few years ago. Very, very funny. It was kind of comical. It was sad in a way because it's the way a lot of people are sometimes. But it was kind of comical. Our dear brother Paul here. I was over at the gym, and uh, I walked up, and he's laughing, and uh, he's standing there with another young man, and uh, he starts laughing about what he's done got this man to, to say, and I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, said you walked off a while ago, this guy that I'd kind of helped quite a bit, and I've bought quite a few meals for him I kind of gave him a place to stay and trying to take care of him and trying to help him he said I got to talking to him and I told him I said you know that brother Looper don't do nothing around here he said oh no I love brother Looper he's good to me he said, man said he don't care about you and he goes on and on and on and so he had somebody else to walk up and they start chiming in Talking about how bad a person that I am. And so eventually this guy, he fought it as long as he could. He said, now don't you agree with us? And he said, you know I've kind of thought that. <laughs> because it wasn't what I did, it's because he was persuaded by somebody else. And that's what happened there at the judgment seat of Pilate. It wasn't what these people were wanting, but they were persuaded by the hierarchy in the religious world. They were persuaded by the leaders that 
this is what you should say. Now, Jesus had healed some of those people standing out there. Jesus had walked by and preached to some of those people. Jesus had fed some of those people. One place it said that he fed 5,000. That's not including the children and and the ladies. Another place it was over 7,000. So a lot of those people that were standing there in the judgment hall of Pilate had been there. They had eaten out of his hands. But when they were pressured by the people that were in the know, they gave in to the pressure and they said, okay, crucify him. Give us Barabbas. Give us a murderer. Give us someone that we would be scared of. And Pilate said, why? What has this man done? But because of the crowd, they begin to chant in unison, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. The crowd, the whole multitude carried by the crowd. One person standing there saying, I, I love this man, Jesus. Look, look at my hand. It once was withered, but now I'm whole because of this man. And they all started, crucify him, crucify him. And before he could catch what was coming out of his mouth, he was chanting with the crowd, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him, because... He was carried by the crowd. There is a danger in the crowd mentality if you're in the wrong crowd. There is a danger in allowing yourself to be persuaded by those who you come in contact with. Amen. I look at the scripture in Luke chapter 22, after being warned of what was going to happen, Jesus told his disciples, he said, all of you will forsake me this night. Just this night. All of you that are here telling me how much you love me and how much you're going to go all the way with me. All of you are going to forsake me. He takes them to the Garden of Gethsemane. And then here comes the angry mob. The angry mob. The mob. The crowd of people. And they surround Jesus and they take him. The scripture said that his disciples, what did they do? They fled and then some followed afar off in a distance. Keeping their distance. Why? Because they were not ashamed of Jesus. And they were not scared of Jesus. But they were intimidated by what? The crowd. They were intimidated by the crowd that had surrounded him. And so we find that one Peter. The one that was given. That came out and said... Thou art the Christ. This same man. What did the scripture say? And they took him and led him 
and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall, where was the hall at? That's where the people were waiting at. And where, and where, and were set down together. Peter sat down among who? Them. So here Peter is. Number one, he's following afar off. Number two, he's in the midst of unbelievers. Number three, he is comfortably setting. Now Jesus is in eyeshot of Peter. Peter is seeing him. But Peter is waiting in the hall. Surrounded by people that hate him. And so he sits down in amongst these people. And the crowd, the pressure of the crowd, the talk begins to go on. What is going on? What is taking place? What do you think about this Jesus? Well, I think, I think, I think he's horrible. I think he disturbs the people. I, I think he's busting up our religious belief and our religious societies causing problems. What do you think we ought to do to him? Let's put him in prison the rest of his life. Let's crucify him. Let's drag him down the middle of the streets. Let's beat him with rods. Peter is in the midst of this angry crowd. And somebody looks at him and says, I recognize you as being one that was with him. Now in the midst of the disciples, what do you think Peter would have said? Peter was always outspoken. He was always one to, to push his opinion out there. He was never one that was known for holding his tongue, but always letting it go just what he believed. So here, the great Peter, the apostle, the one that who, who Jesus really was, you were with him. The crowd is looking at Peter and the apostle Peter is intimidated by what? The crowd. He says, not me. You got the wrong guy here. And so the crowd relaxes. We all believe the same thing here. We're all doing the same thing. We're all against Jesus. And the talk continues. And then a little bit longer, somebody walks up and says, you're, you're one of them. I know you're one of them. I can remember seeing you and starts to name the places and the date. Peter, again, loving. You think he didn't love Jesus? He loved Jesus with his whole heart. I don't think for ever one minute there was ever a time where Peter did not love him. But he was persuaded and intimidated. And he was carried by the crowd on what is a crowd thinking? What is a crowd thinking? It's kind of like a person who you don't know where they stand. 
Because it doesn't matter who they're with. They're like the lizard that if it's on something green, it turns green. If it's on something brown, it turns brown. It just fits in in whatever setting that they're in. There's a lot of people that's that way. You ever had a so-called friend that was that way? You don't know where they stand. You don't know if they're for you or against you. And, and a lot of people are sticking their finger in the air to see what way the wind is blowing before they make a decision. And Peter is looking at the angry crowd. And he says, not me. I don't know him. So the crowd goes back to talking again. Everything goes back to just the way that it was. And then here comes somebody else. They say, you're one of them. You talk like one of them. And there you are with your long sleeves. Your long pants. It's 110 degrees. Ladies with your long dress. Your long hair. You, you're one of those Pentecostals. Not me. <laughs> yeah, Peter. Your, your speech betrays you. And what did Peter do? Everybody else here is cursing. I might as well say a few curse words too where I can join in and prove to them I don't know him. Think about this today. The crowd persuaded Peter to even go as far as not just denying him but cursing using foul language that Peter had left out in the boat when he went and followed Jesus. He hasn't used those words in three and a half years of Jesus' ministry. But all of a sudden, because of the crowd, something is stirred up on the inside of him. And so he is carried by the crowd. It is important. I've learned a new term, a new term here that is very popular in the young, uh, younger ranks can we hang out together where are you going to hang from what tree are you going to hang from you got a gallows that you're being hung from you're going to go hang out together I said just exactly what does that mean we're going to hang out together can we go hang out can we go hang out at this house or that house or can we hang out at the gym so we, we ain't got any ropes over there. I don't know if you can hang out or not. Be safe while you're hanging. But, but that's a new, a new term. We're going, that means, I guess that kind of means we're going to go be together. It is important to look and pay attention to who you're hanging out with. Because who you hang out with today is who you're going to be tomorrow. Amen. I see people that says, oh, they don't affect me. Listen at me, young marrieds. You're married. You don't have any business hanging out with the guys that's not married on a consistent basis on the weekends. Amen. You don't have a business hanging around people that's not of a like precious faith. Hey, listen at me, young people. It is important 
that you surround yourself with people that believe this good gospel message. I have seen young people that has got involved with the wrong crowd. And they have done things that they wouldn't ordinarily do, but due to the crowd and the people that they were there with, they were carried by the crowd in a direction that they would not go by themselves. I have dealt with young people that were very nice and very polite and very respectful to, the, to elders, to myself. And yes, sir, and no, sir. And I have seen them hook up with their so-called friends until it's not yes, sir, and no, sir. It's yeah, and no, and uh-huh, and uh-uh. And they don't respect you anymore because they are carried by the crowd that they are in at that particular time in their life. I want to tell you, young people, you surround yourself with people that want to live for God. Amen. You surround yourself with young people that has a desire to serve God. Listen at me. Parents, be sure. Amen. They're going to have trouble when they surround themselves with young people that love God. But you be sure that you don't allow them to associate with people that don't know this gospel message and does not love God like we love God. Amen. Because you are carried by the crowd that you hang in. Amen. I have seen people that has gotten off of drugs and off of alcohol and off of cigarettes and then start hanging around those who do such. I tell them you can't do that. You can't be around that. You can't, you can't, you can't even, you can't even have a good time with them because you know what the crowd does. How many, how many parents has ever heard this term? Everybody's doing it. Y'all ever heard that? I used to use that on my daddy every once in a while. He said, uh-uh. Everybody's not because you're not. The crowd is doing it, so it must be okay. You look at, I have heard of situations, people get stirred up, and then they, one or two go out in the midst of the city, and they get somebody else, and they recruit somebody else until they recruit enough that they have people that don't even know what they're screaming about is screaming. People that don't even know the situation that they're burning cars over is burning cars. They don't even know what they believe. They don't even know what the cause is. It's just because this is what the mob is doing. This is what the crowd is doing. So we're just carried by the crowd. Amen. I want to tell you what I'm interested in. Is not the crowd headed in the wrong direction. But the crowd that's got their mind made up. And set like a flint.
that I'm headed to heaven. And if you want to go, you can go with me. Amen. You let, you let these boys, one of them and two of them, start doing something they shouldn't do. And they're going to start enticing the others. Come go with us. Come do what we're doing. Come, come be with us. You let the young ladies start doing something. You let, you let this one or that one or somebody that has influence and start drawing a crowd of rebellion and they will rebel. You look at what's been going on with the Occupy Wall Street. I'm sure some of those clowns don't even know what they're occupying. They don't even know what the cause is about. But it's because a crowd, a group of people got together and decided we're going to have a protest. What are we protesting? I don't know. We're just camping out in tents acting like a bunch of animals. That's what we're doing. So everybody's doing it. So let's do it together. Amen. But they just got a crowd mentality. I want to tell you, you better see which crowd you're following around in. Just carried away. Just moving away. Just like the ocean tide. Whatever way it rolls, baby. That's the way we're going to roll. I want to tell you sometimes you've got to stand up against the crowd and say I will not be determined. My life will not be determined by what direction the crowd is going and the crowd mentality but I will stand up and I will make a difference. <laughs> hallelujah. 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 I'm trying to hurry, I'm not near about through. I know that scares you to death, but I am trying very desperately to hurry. But I remember reading a book, an article on a book that uh, um, by uh, Bill O'Reilly, and he was talking about friends and how friends influence you and how you should surround yourself with good people. That'd be a good book for every teenager to read. Amen. And it talks about how that people that you are surrounded by makes a great impression and determines the walk of life that you will eventually walk. And then how that you should, you should have, and I, I looked at this and this is so true, how that people meet and, and develop friendship in their younger years that last an entire lifetime I, I looked at my brother's funeral a few years ago he was 45 when he passed away and I, I looked at they had some pictures of his wedding and the men that was in his wedding and I looked at those pictures and I picked out I think every person that was in his wedding except one was there at his funeral that they had kept that connection they may not have been the closest of friends but there was a friendship that was started that lasted a lifetime I want to tell you today if there's ever been a time where we need to surround ourselves amen I tell you what I enjoy I enjoy coming to the house of God and I have good people like brother Duplissy and good elders like brother McDaniel that I am surrounded with I don't want to get out on an island by myself amen but I want to have good men of God that's standing in the gap and surrounding my life and helping me go in the right direction hallelujah hallelujah it's easy to be persuaded 
by the crowd. I can remember at a young age starting to preach the gospel. I started preaching right before I turned 18, I think two months before I turned 18, I started preaching the gospel and, and uh, I come out of a very good church. My dad was my pastor and, and I had a good foundation, but I got out and, and I started seeing different different ways of doing things. And some of them were pretty uh, eye-opening and some of them uh, were pretty enticing and I had, uh, I had an opportunity to go and, and uh, be a preacher for a singing group at one time. A bunch of young guys getting together and I said, boy, that'd be a great great experience I'd get to preach to the crowd I'd get to enjoy the great entertainment and, and get to touch a lot of people but thank God that I was surrounded by those who said uh-uh don't go that direction that's not the right way to go that I had another crowd that pulled me back in that gave me direction and put my eyes on the prize of heaven is my goal. It makes a difference which crowd you run with. Amen. I'm reminded of another man in Mark chapter 2. The scripture said there was a man that was sick. Jesus was in Capernaum and after some days it was noise that he was in the house. Amen. He was there in the house and the news had gotten out that, that Jesus was there. And there was a group of friends that had another friend that was sick of a palsy. And they began to think in their minds that, that we need to take this man to Jesus. Now this man was in his sick bed. He could not carry himself, but thank God for friends. Amen. These friends begin to gather around him. And the scripture said in verse number 3, the second chapter of the book of Mark, it says, and they come unto him bringing one sick of a palsy which was born of four. Now look at the scripture very carefully. It says, and they, and they come unto him, meaning Jesus, bringing one. They brought one that was sick of a palsy. And then verse number four said, and when they, not the man that was sick, but the group of men that was carrying him could not come nigh unto him for the press, the multitude, the crowd, they, for the third time, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they, for the first time, had broken it up, and they, for the fifth time, let down the bed wherein the sick of a palsy lay. What did its friends do? The scripture says in two verses, three and four, it uses they did this and they did that. 
Who was they talking about? His friends brought him. His friends brought him and tore off the roof when he was not able. I want to tell you there's going to be times in your spiritual life that you will be sick of a palsy, that you will have disease, that you will be afflicted spiritually and thank God that we are surrounded by friends. Amen. That they can come to the house of God and they can tear the spiritual roof off. There's been times where I was hurting. There's been times where I was in distress. But thank God for the church. Amen. That I was able to come to and somebody had a made up mind. We're going to tear the roof off tonight. We're going to have a Holy Ghost outpour tonight. Oh, some of you... Some of you don't understand what I'm saying. You're wondering why. Listen at me now. Quit talking. Amen. You're wondering why I'm having trouble. Why I can't live for God. Why I'm struggling. I want to tell you. Amen. You're carried by the crowd. By the association. If you want to be a gossiper, you hang around a gossiper. Amen. If you want to be a truth lover, you hang around somebody that loves this I feel like preaching a little bit in here today. Amen. But you are cared about. Amen. About the yak, yak, and the yak up and down and chewing this one out and chewing that one out. Bless God. What you need to do is get yourself surrounded with good people of God that don't have time for the mess that's going on. But says, I come to worship God. I come to tear the roof off. I come to have revival. I come to have a move of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here we are in this setting. He wasn't surrounded by a bunch of people that sat there and said, oh, but I don't like that one. I'd carry you to Jesus, but bless God, they did me wrong 355 years ago. They did my great, 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 great ancestors wrong. We're just as clueless as some of these people in this country that we live in. Ooh, I get... We get that in the spiritual ranks of things. In the church ranks. You didn't have nothing to do with it. They didn't have nothing to do with it. But your great, great grandma. And your great, 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 great uncle. Didn't like this one. That, My Lord have mercy. I'm in a crowd that ain't worried about. You know I don't have. I don't, I don't hear too much gossip about the preacher. I don't hear too much gossip about the saints. I don't hear a lot of complaining and belly aching and griping. I hear of it. But I'm not in that crowd, brother. I don't hear a lot about who likes this one and who don't like that one and why they ain't so sure. Why they ain't going. I ain't going to that party because so-and-so's over it. You. 
You so childish. That's so stupid. That's crazy if you have that attitude. I didn't say you were. I said that is. That's crazy. But what we need to do is get in a crowd that says, hey, you wonder why you don't pray? Because who you're hanging around don't pray. You wonder why you're not spiritual? Because who you're with is not spiritual. You wonder why you're struggling? Because who you're with is struggling. I want to tell you what you need to do is get in an altar. That's the reason why when somebody comes to pray, no, we're not all perfect. Amen. But thank God for a crowd. God for a crowd that gathers around and I tell you what when I'm in trouble I ain't looking to see who's there don't you put a don't you put a don't you put a hand on me don't you do you get you get in you need to be in the altars I ain't got time to worry about that kind of foolishness amen God's gonna sort some of you out because I can't figure it out Amen. But but we are in a crowd. Just everybody. Hey, hey, I'm drowning over here. I'm about to go under. Give me a crowd. Give me somebody to help me. I want to tell you, I'm glad that I'm in a church. I'm glad that I'm in a crowd that says, I don't care who you are. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you're doing. Amen. It's all about getting to heaven. Oh, praise God. Some of us, I lost some of you there. You need to get in the right crowd. Can't smile. Every day's a bad day. Now who in their right mind could go outside and complain about that weather? Somebody in their wrong mind in the wrong crowd could. Sun's bright. <laughs> hurts my eyes. Don't it hurt your eyes? Yeah, it hurts my eyes. Don't it hurt? Yeah, it hurts my eyes. So we got a crowd of three here. Sun's bright. Sun's hurts my eyes. Go down, sun. We're mad at the sun. We're mad at a beautiful day. We're, we're some... It's kind of like one guy said, said some of you wake up grouchy in the morning. One guy said he just lets her sleep. <laughs> some of you, some of you just let him sleep. My Lord, don't disturb him the only time he shuts up. Carried about. What kind of mood I'm going to be in today? Oh, bless God. Did, did you hear? Doesn't happen again. I knew. I knew they wouldn't last. That's just what I thought. Did you hear about such and such? Yeah. Me too. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Bless God. Oh, bless his holy name. And there we are in a crowd. In the crowd and we're just carried about. Whatever way the crowd goes, whatever direction it flows, if we're for the preacher, oh, bless God, he's the greatest thing ever come along. If we're against the preacher, bless God, we need to run that old goat off. 
If we like, if we like so and so singing tonight, woo! Think he sing good. If we don't like them, whoever gave them the authority, bless God, they got sin in their life. But I'm in the crowd. Oh yeah, I know we're not all perfect, but we're serving a perfect God. crowd the crowd is swaying me the crowd is pulling at me the crowd is trying let me tell you young people the crowd at schools trying to get you to drink they're trying to get you to do drugs they're trying to get you to fall in love with their boys and their girls they're trying to get you to ball games they're trying to get you into sports they're trying to get you here and to get you there but what you need to do is get in the church crowd amen that says I'm not worried about staying here I'm worried about going yonder. Amen. I've got a different goal in mind. It's not who I am here, but it's where I'm headed that makes me who I am and what I am. You need to get surrounded by the right crowd. Woo! 
Aleluia. 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 Don't be intimidated by what the crowd says you have to be. Amen. I'm just, oh my Lord, have mercy. I used to pray at God to give me 15 minutes worth. Lord. Lord, it don't make him any difference when he's up here, so it ain't making me much difference. But, but the crowd, the crowd is pushing. The crowd is always trying to direct. And the crowd in the world is trying to direct what way the church is going. You can be seated just for a minute, and then I'll let you stand back up. The crowd is trying to dictate what direction the church is going. The world is trying to infiltrate the church and get enough on the world side to where it moves. Now you listen at me, young people. You listen at me and listen at me very good. You let one, the dress, start creeping up Next Sunday, there's two that the dress has creeped up. Next Sunday, there's three. Next Sunday, there's four. Until where the crowd is in the majority. The ones that's got the creeping up garments is in the majority. And then the ones that's trying to do right is in the minority. And then we have the crowd dictating what direction the church is going. Thank God for these elderly saints that's been able to surround a younger church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I had some men come by here and they, they make, boy, you got a lot of elderly folks. I know that's a big, oh, I know they give you trouble. I said, give me trouble. I said, they dress right. They're faithful to church. They pay their tithe. I don't have no trouble out of them. I said, you ain't got to worry about where they're at at night. My Lord, they go to bed before it gets dark. Lord, have mercy. You're not a burden to me. You are security in the house of God. Because the crowd... And a crowd provides safety for the younger generation coming up. That we henceforth be no more children. I'm, I'm, I'm going to quit. I'm going to let y'all come back tonight and worship. I about stripped the gear this morning. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. Carried about with every wind of doctrine. Get rooted and grounded in the truth. By the slight of men, the cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait 
to deceive. I don't care if they have a church of 35,000 if they're not preaching Jesus' name, baptism, repentance, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, and separation from this world. I don't care how big the crowd is. I'm not part of that crowd. Three of you is not. I'm not part of that crowd. We need to be in the crowd that loves God. We need to be in a crowd that if we're in trouble, they'll help us get to Jesus. If you're in trouble and somebody that's surrounding you says, yeah, just quit, you're in the wrong crowd. If you're wanting to quit and you're in a crowd that somebody agrees with you, you're in the wrong crowd. But you need to be in the crowd that when somebody says, I think I'll just... Quit. Somebody says, oh no, we got to get to Jesus. We got to get to Jesus. I want to tell you today if it's not for people in our lives that has impacted us, I, I look at people that serve God that don't have a spouse that serves God. And if I had my hat, I'd take my hat off to you. I give you great credit today. But I thank God that I'm in a home. And if you're in this home, you have, in a home like this, you have, you have such a great, great opportunity. That when I come in disgusted, I have a wife and I have a family there that's, what are you smiling about? I have come in a few days like that. What are you so bubbly about? Now everything's going to be okay. And when one of them's down, I can come in and say everything's going to be okay. Because it's the crowd. I can't tell you how many times I've missed the crowd of the security of my parents. But thank God, God has put other people in my life that I still got a good crowd to hang around. That at times I have someone to say, I'd, I'd watch that crowd. I'd keep that crowd at a distance. I'd stay away from that crowd. I've seen that crowd before. I'm a young man. There's a lot of things I ain't seen. But thank God there's been those who've already been there. And I want to stay in the right crowd. Let's all stand this morning.